Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Courtney King, AKA The Heart Mentor, AKA The Emancipator, and this is the Reboot Your Biblical Perspective radio show where we identify misguided modern day perspectives of the Bible, giving context to the spiritual dynamics of who and what you are via the lens of Rabbi Yeshua and his apostles in the name. Now on this radio show, we identify subjects and themes that have been misunderstood from the Bible in the name verified by pragmatic and experimental research carried out under the Zane Kai Keturah International Institute of Pneumatology. And hello and good morning. This is Tanya Wiki from Virtual Kisses. And we would like to give a huge shout out to everyone joining us on Kingdom Purpose Radio, YouTube, and Facebook. Guys, if you'd like to ask us any questions, feel free to comment on YouTube at ZKI International Institute of Pneumatology or join our Facebook group, Anointed Life Mindset Mentors. Good morning, guys. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Hope you're all are well this morning. So I just How are also- you? Well, me? I'm well. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And yourself? <laughs> I'm doing good this morning. Good. I just also wanted to quickly note that on YouTube, we're also called Anointed Life. So it's Anointed Life on YouTube as well as in Facebook. So they both changed. I noticed that this morning <laughs> when I was on YouTube. <laughs> did you Did you realize it changed? Tanya? I'm here. Did you realize that we our name changed on YouTube? No, actually, I didn't. So yeah, I noticed that's this a morning. good update. <laughs> yeah, I noticed this morning. I was like, oh, wait, it's called Anointed Life also. So Facebook and um, and YouTube, it's um, Anointed Life. But anyway, how was your week? <laughs> how have you been? Oh. Well, you said, but how was your week? Uh, my week was, again, just... Uh, I think, yeah, just a relaxing week, yeah, catching up with uh, family, um, going for walks. Ooh, that is so, sounds lovely. Finally getting out, out, out here. We're finally um, having our spring weather. So, so it's warming up a bit more out here. <laughs> and what is warm for you? Like, I think that's warm for us would yeah. be plus two. <laughs> Plus from, uh, two? From, from a winter wonderland to plus two would be a warm weather for us. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking to my I was talking to um my ex-husband's wife yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, Oh yeah, it's 80 degrees there in the Midwest. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's still kind of cold here. In New York, it's 40-something degrees. And today, it looks like it's about to rain or is raining. Uh, and I'm like, it's so crazy how we're all like on this part of the earth. But the weather is just <laughs> vastly different across the board. It's so funny. I'm still wearing my winter coat. They're wearing uh, shorts. And I'm sure you're so bundled. I know. <laughs> I've seen people out here wear shorts. That's crazy. They're just excited. They're like, ooh, it's two de- plus two degrees today. So exciting. Whoa. Well, today. So, well, Go ahead. I just want to welcome on everybody. Thank you for joining us. Oh, are there people? 
Can you see people? I see two people. Oh, there are two I don't, people. Hi, persons who are listening to us. <laughs> drop a comment below and just say hello. Yeah, if you want to drop a comment. So today we are talking about, well, our topic is what you were never taught about the new covenant. Yeah, isn't that strange? What What is a covenant? And, you know? Yeah. Did you want to? Oh, she's like, just <laughs> go, Brittany. Well, go. <laughs> a covenant is a contract. Wow. And hmm. what we find is that most of us were never taught what is actually in the new covenant. Most of us don't know what our responsibilities are. Most of us don't know what our rights are. And so we just want to get into some of that today and give people some insight so that they can function as believers on earth successfully. That sounds excellent. So mm-hmm. um, guys, if you want to drop a comment below, what do you know about a co- what a covenant is or what you've been taught in church or maybe heard um, if you're not in church, maybe heard out, you know, out there in the world, what an, a covenant is for, for you or what you think it is. Would love to hear your comments. I don't think I was ever, I think the only thing that I knew um, coming out of modern Christianity, I think I knew that I confess with my mouth and that's how I got into the new covenant. Um, I got baptized and now I had Holy Spirit and I was saved. Yeah. Saved from hell. And now I was just supposed to work on my relationship with God. That was my understanding. Yeah, that sounds familiar to me. I, I, I just, um, mine was believe in Jesus and he'll save you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, had an urge to be baptized. Um, and basically that's it. Yeah. Um, some of the other things I've heard um, about a, a covenant mm-hmm. um, would be the new covenant or the new Testament is the promise that God makes with humanity that he forgives your sins. you know, mm-hmm. every, if you guys ever heard of that and restores fellowship with you. Yes, yes, yes. Same. Um, another one, uh, the new covenant was originally given to, I've heard this a lot, given to Israel and includes a prominent promise to them of fruitfulness, blessings and peaceful mm-hmm. existence in their promised land. And they are the true inheritance. No one can get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you guys ever heard this one, uh, the new covenants were given the opportunity to receive salvation. Anybody heard that? Just salvation is a free gift. Mm-hmm. Um, we share another one is sharing in the inheritance of Christ yes. and enjoying a permanent, unbroken, again, relationship with God. So yeah, those are some of the things that um, I don't know if you guys out there can relate to. Mm-hmm. And it's so important because when we're saying I am a Christian, what you are saying is I am in a new covenant. And I think for me, and I think most people listening can say it was very vague about what that actually looks like. Yeah. And so thankfully, 
you know, now I have um, a clear understanding of what my rights and my responsibilities are with all of that information that we just said. Like, what does all of that even mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which makes it's like it... a, a hidden mystery, right? Yeah. Yay! I'm saved. Okay, what do I do next? <laughs> <laughs> now we have to figure it out, you know. And so that that's something that was definitely. You know, I think it makes most of us feel like we're always striving to be holy, to be righteous. And we say, well, I'm righteous. But then you're doing all these things to ensure that you're in good standing. Yeah. And I try not to some of the things like they say, okay, he saved me from my sins. Okay. So I won't do, let's say smoking ever again Mm -hmm. or, oh, I will go to that bar, but I have the urge to go, but I don't want to go. I can't go. That's not holy. Um, could be the way you dress, right? All these things that you're trying to figure out. What's the covenant? Like, I'm saved, so I can't do a lot of things. Right. right, There's no fun, (laughs) basically. Right. And then if you think about it, different denominations have different things that are okay to do and okay not to do. But if the covenant is for all believers, then would it not be the same across the board for everyone? Yeah, that would be a very, uh, that was a good, that's a good question. If you really think about it. <laughs> Which you means know? that there are multiple reference points and something's off. <laughs> yeah, and then you're thinking, okay, <laughs> that church says that, or those people say that, that group mm-hmm. says that. Who's right? <laughs> Who is right? So then what I'll do is I do this every episode because I never know who, who the new listeners are, but um, Tanya and I are uh, mentors at the Zane Kai Couture International Institute of Ecology, which mm-hmm. is actually the institute that sponsors this particular radio show. And so what we have found at the institute is that the reference point for scriptures is actually the name Yahweh Elohim which is in our Bible, the Lord God. And that just means that Yahweh is self-existent, eternal one. And Elohim is one of authority and power. And so if we were to use that name as the context of how to engage with the Bible, we would all have the same reference point. And we, because we would all be using the name in order to understand spirit works holy spirit works how he functions with us as us how we function with creation um how we're supposed to function on the earth so essentially we found that the name is the principle upon which all spirit all scripture is founded it is literally like a law of function just like gravity is a law of function the name is a law of function And so when you're functioning in the name, that's how the priests were functioning. They dedicated themselves to certain responsibilities because they took on the name means they took on the logic and the way of reasoning. And we call that the mind of Christ now. And um, we've also found at the Institute that if we approach the Bible as a manual instead of which essentially is a teaching us, this is a second point, a bunch of rules and doctrines, but or stories or stories right just simple stories but actually it's a manual that uses narrative to explain how your spirit works or how your spirit functions with creation Mm -hmm. and so it was never meant to 
morally validate you or emotionally validate you in any capacity. It was actually supposed to just show you functionality. So we discovered the name. We discovered um, that the Bible's a manual. We also found that when you read it, you have to read the New Testament, all of it actually, through the mindset of a circumcised man who is in contract, which is what we're talking about today, with God. And so you can go read Exodus 24 if you'd like, but that's where we send people when we're making this particular type of statement. <laughs> and so you will also find when you're reading it through their paradigm that they function from a contractual perspective. And so they knew how to fulfill their responsibilities. They knew what God had to do. They knew what they had to do. So if we approach the Bible through the manual, the name, and if we approach it through this lens of the a person who wrote this, who has the mindset of a Torah, the Torah, mm. even in the New Testament, then we are looking at an ancient Hebrew lens. And we're not looking at what we tend to do. You know, I've been to Bible school several times and what we were taught, like if we had the word, um, word, in the beginning was the yeah. word, we would yeah. look up the word word and find logos and we would begin yeah. to create an understanding based on the word logos. But if you look it up in Hebrew, it's not logos. If you go back to the original tent of who wrote it in the Torah, their mindset, they would have thought word meant, I don't even know. I don't remember what the word. Word means thought. I was trying to think of the Hebrew word, but I couldn't think of it. I know it's like denim or durham or something like that. I can't think of it. I'll look it up. Um, but it's a totally different thing. You're right. It means thought. It means speech. Yeah. And so it, we're, we're looking at the Bible through the Greek lens when the people who wrote it, everything they did was surrounded by the Torah. So you have to use that as your lens. Great. The fourth thing that we found is that if you're reading the Bible in English, the Hebrew language is much more sophisticated than our language and even our own language has evolved since the King James translation. So we're reading it through our own cultural um, and English perspective and understanding of the word. And so mm. we're missing the philosophical context that they would have been using. And that's part of the reason why we have all these denominations because those things were not taken into consideration also. That's so good. So yeah. with all of that, <laughs> we like to make sure just in case you've never listened to us before that you have an idea of where we're coming from because, um, you know, Jesus is Lord and we are not taking that away. But we also want to know the lens through which Jesus thought. So if you're not looking at things the way Jesus thought, then you're finding that your life is probably lacking power and authority. And um, then typically you're dealing with a lot of elements of death, like mental depression and anxiety. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All those things. So we thought we'd talk about covenant. <laughs> Was there anything that you wanted to like pull out first about it? Um, just uh, what well, I think you've covered most of um, the basics of starting into covenant. So Absolutely. I guess maybe let's start um, talking a little bit more about okay. it. 
like give so, um an over not a whole overview because we still got our last segment to mm -hmm. completely show you guys what yeshua saw it as mm -hmm. so the first thing i would say is that all covenants are how god dealt with everyone so there were many covenants in the bible because that's how he dealt and that's how he also deals with us so if we're not dealing with god and i'm using that word dealing i don't really like it it just doesn't sound right <laughs> <laughs> we're interfacing with god um we have to do it through our contract we can't step right. outside of the contract because then there's no it's no longer a valid thing and so a contract is a, in the Bible, is spiritually binding. And so it has to be given reverence. And it's a contract, like I said, between two parties with terms and conditions. And so, and, with, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, Guys, no. We're, again, we're still far away so <laughs> uh, from one another. So we kind of interrupt one another. So I, I just want to give a quick analogy of what a, a contract could be. Um, let's um, say you're buying a, an apartment or renting in a, a condo or whatever, and you're meeting your landlord or a job. You're meeting your landlord and um, he shows you a list of all these things you got to abide by. And you read it, you sign it. And now you entered into a relationship, a contract with that landlord and saying, he'll do this. If you pay this, if there's anything wrong with your apartment or whatever, he'll fix it. As long as you keep up with the rent and you keep up with your utilities. That's how simply a contract is um, established between two parties. So it's almost like this, what we're talking about. And if a business contract actually is more in alignment with how we're supposed to function or like you said, apartment, that's a business, that's a business, um, how we're supposed to function. And we usually don't understand that even Israel, they came into contract with God by mutual agreement. That's the first thing. Um, if you right. go back and read Exodus, they were proposed something. The elders accepted it. Moses ratified it because then he sacrificed the bull. And so that's how they came into contract. That's how they came into relationship. So what mm -hmm. we found is that relationship is actually via your contract and your relationship can only have the components that the contract allows it to have. And so we usually believe that the Bible is God's commandment for, commandments for everybody. But if they have not come into the contract, we cannot hold them responsible mm -hmm. to the terms and conditions that we have agreed to. So we're not really allowed to judge people that have come, have not come into the contract. And so even though, you know, when it comes to Israel, we often refer to the 10 commandments. There are actually way more than that. There were 613 of them. And that is again, how they came into relationship with him. And so even though this, like I was saying before, like oftentimes we want to try to build our relationship with God when really what we wanted to like emphasize today is that you functioning in the contract is how you um, are, are, are um, to be in a relationship with God. And we are typically thinking of our, our relationship with the Lord as more of a, a reward system because that's also how we thought of Israel too. Like we do something, he blesses you. You don't yeah. do it. <clears throat> he curses you. 
And so every denomination, as we mentioned before, has their own set of um, boundaries and rules that they use to determine whether or not you're fulfilling the relationship. And so for us in the new covenant, what's great about our contract is as soon as you enter it, you are a priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Second Peter. That's not true. It's not second Peter. <laughs> First Peter um, tells us that we are a royal priesthood, priesthood a yes. holy nation. And so this is as soon as you enter in the contract. And most of us don't really understand like the implications of priesthood, but it's really important to understand the priesthood because when Adam fell out of contract, right? <laughs> yeah. he fell out of contract by no longer <laughs> using his spirit to validate him, he made the serpent his father. And in our society, father means, um, Someone that we use to um, pay pay our way or to teach us, to validate us and all these different things that we have determined that a father is supposed to do. In the Bible, father actually means originator of thought. Right. Which means the same mindset. Mm-hmm. And so the serpent, when we took on the mindset of the serpent... Or when Adam and then all of his descendants, I'll say it like that. And all of his <laughs> descendants took on that mindset, just like the serpent was crawling on his belly because of the curse. And so he was in the dust and that's where his mindset was. And we took on the serpent's mindset. Therefore, we had the mindset of the serpent. And so and when we, we say, sorry. And when we say serpent's mindset, we're, th- we're talking about... Um, your world around you, the five senses out, you're using your five senses outside of you, outside of your spirit to make decisions on your situations or whatnot. Absolutely. Because originally they were functioning from Holy Spirit or it was called the breath of life in Genesis. Right. Um, And then when he shifted his um, focus from his own spirit and allowing his own spirit to validate it, validate him. He began to use the mindset, the logic of the actual serpent that was in the garden who was cursed. And in the curse, um, he started to see if he's crawling on the ground to him, God is always in the sky. Mm-hmm. And so we have taken on this perspective that God is in the sky that will affect your understanding oh, and dear, your perspective. Yeah. Of your yeah. relationship with him. And so you have this thing where you have to beg God to forgive you and beg him for things and um, hope that he'll heal you. Like I, I hear people say, well, if God will, if I get healed. And I'm like, that is not part of the covenant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's actually the opposite of the covenant. Or he'll punish you. But what's great is if you go look at the New Testament, Jesus actually brought us back into the garden. When he, raised, when he was raised from the dead, you all know when the stone rolled away um that he walked into the garden that was a yeah. representation that we are now in the garden we're in a new life a new creation Absolutely. new species we are a new species of people we are elohim 
And so therefore, if we are Elohim by the Holy Spirit, that means Adam, who also was Elohim because of breath of life, Holy Spirit. And, and it's so there, not what you, sorry, it's not what you see, like we're saying about the serpent. We're not, it's not like having that serpent mentality of what we see outside of us. When we say Holy Spirit, we're talking about you inside you, mm -hmm. your spirit being is a multiplication of um, father. So that is what we always live by. Our, our true identity and everything that we um, think, everything that we do, we live by inside of us. There's no Jesus, separation. That's right. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is where? The kingdom of God is in is in you it's not out here outside mm -hmm. of you it's not hey it's over there it's right inside there is no distinction there's no separation he has yoked himself to us by breath in fact that's what the word elohim actually mean uh, mm -hmm. the picture of that in the hebrew is actually a picture of an ox where in the um hebrew agricultural days they would take an old ox and yoke it to a new ox so that the um new ox could be trained by the old ox and that is what the holy spirit is as our helper he is the one that brings us into functioning in our covenant and so that helps us function in the same mindset as god right. because even though we weren't taught this we are equal in functionality as god we're not equal in authority he is the father but we are equal in functionality what he could do we could do and we are now sitting on the same throne as him i actually wasn't taught that in church i was taught there were multiple thrones but really what that's saying is we have one mindset one judgment one process one logic and so we sit on the same throne because we have the same mindset so that means he's not in the sky he's actually yoked to me by breath i'm with him and we're walking in the person as Holy Spirit, it's just expressed in my body, this body. And so the reason that we have to renew our minds is so we can function in synchronicity with the mind of Christ. And mm -hmm. so that means we are cutting off that perspective I was talking about that the servant had, that we're matching the mindset of Yahweh. And then we see the manifestations of the Spirit. And so if we see God in the clouds, you all, we have separated ourselves. If you're looking out like you're waiting for God to do something, God is doing something, but it's the God that's inside of your body. And I don't even want to say that because technically Holy Spirit is not just in your body, but um, he's in all <laughs> things, according to John chapter one. Um, I, so, you know, I love, I love that when you said um, express, we express um, Holy Spirit, right? I love when you said that because each of us, when we're living from our spirit, or from the Holy Spirit within us, mm -hmm. and when you express yourself, it, you can see the vast uniqueness of people, of, of multiplication of a father everywhere. And it's such a, a um, really cool thing to see everybody just having their own, if everybody were to function from there, to have their own uniqueness about them just to see that would be just awesome mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we are actually all one because we have the same mm -hmm. breath um we are actually the same one that's why most people don't realize when it says that in the beginning god created the heaven heaven and earth it was actually all the things that adam was doing as elohim 
on the earth. And that is the same way we are supposed to be functioning now, self-existently as creators mm-hmm. and um, authority and powerful movers on the earth. But I think, if, do, should we take a quick shift and then come back in a couple minutes? Yeah, sounds good. If people want to answer some fun questions. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we're going to go to our part two called Reconstruct Your Matrix. We usually pick a song at this portion of our segment, but um, we are just going to do a fun uh, exercise, Bible trivia kind of game. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shoot up some questions, guys, if um, you want to answer it just put your comments below and what do we win courtney what do they win if they get it right one thousand blessings on you (laughs) and your household (laughs) i don't know why i like saying that so much (laughs) you get one thousand blessings okay (laughs) you still get them even if you get it wrong so (laughs) you just have to receive them (laughs) okay so first question first question up Okay. Guys, what makes our new birth possible? Ooh, Ooh, that song just came in at the right time. Is is there multiple choice? Because I feel like there's so many answers that could be. Or we just have Um, to throw all of our guesses out. Throw out your guesses. There's no multiple choice. Okay, well, let's look in the comments and see. What makes our new birth possible? If some of you guys want to look it up, I can give you a clue. It's First Peter one three. <laughs> I'm gonna go look it up. Okay, two more minutes. Anybody? Seven seconds. Okay, well, I looked up first Peter 1 3. And what is it? Is it that you have to be born again? Born again, the resurrection of Jesus makes our new birth possible. Oh, the resurrection is the answer. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm ready for the next question. Okay, number two. Uh, Pharaoh had a dream that God interpreted through Joseph. What river was Pharaoh beside in his dream? Oh, my. I'll give you guys a hint. It's in Genesis 41, verse 1. Genesis 41, verse 1. I'm going... And those of you just popping on, um, you still can participate in the trivia. Just uh, put your comments below before the answer pops up. And as Courtney said, you get a thousand blessings. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I looked it up. What was a for Harold had a dream that God interpreted through Joseph? What river? Was Pharaoh beside in his dream? 
And the answer is according to, yeah. According to Genesis 41, verse 1, he was standing by the Nile. Woo-woo! I get a thousand blessings upon me and my household, and I receive so, them. Thank you. So those of you who do join us later and do put your comments in the or your answers in the comments below, if you got Nile River. Congratulations, you two get a thousand blessings. <laughs> okay, number three. During the sixth seal judgment, the moon will be turned to this color. Ooh. It's in Revelation 612. I feel like I already know that without looking it up. Okay. I'm not gonna say it and give people an opportunity. Come on, guys. Opportunity to get a thousand blessings this morning. <laughs> Grab it while you can. <laughs> okay, seven more seconds and we're moving on. Again, during the sixth seal judgment, the moon will be turned to this color. Revelations 612. Okay, I'll give mine answer. Is the Go answer ahead. red? And you are totally correct. Yay. <laughs> the color is red. Thousand blessings. <laughs> <That's> Three thousand <laughs> blessings that I received them. <laughs> Should we do one more? Yeah, definitely. Okay. okay, last one, guys. Who got out of the boat and walked on water with Jesus? Oh, wow. And I will give you guys a hint. It's I don't Matthew. Think, I don't think they need a hint, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Matthew 14, verse 27 to 29. <laughs> Once again, who got out of the boat and walked on water with Jesus? <laughs> My guess is Moses. I'm kidding. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? He did meet him on the Mount Transfiguration. Oh, that is true. <laughs> but not in the boat. <laughs> All right, seven seconds. Three, two, one. What's the answer, Tanya? The answer, guys, is Peter. Peter dun, walked dun. on water with Jesus. Woo! <laughs> Yay! I get those thousand blessings. That's for and you. And those of you who did answer the question correct, so do you. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> We're not stingy here. You all can have the you can have the blessings. We bless you in the name. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get back into talking about covenant because people want us to, you know, make sure that we let them know what is required or what is included in the new covenant. 
And so far, you know, we've let you know that covenant is a contract between two parties with terms and conditions that there has to be mutual agreement. We can't hold people responsible for a contract that they did not agree to. What else? That's all I can think of off the top of my head that we said. Um, yeah. So guys, yeah, when Christ Jesus died on that cross and resurrected from the dead, mm-hmm. he reconciled you back to your original design. Uh, because we all know what happened in the garden when Adam fell. Mm-hmm. So, um, Father God spoke to you guys a great promise, and that is to restore the race of Adam to their original design. Okay, so when you heard of the good news and you said yes to Jesus, who is likened to the first Adam, you entered into that covenant relationship. And um, we're just going to go over uh, some of that, what it is again. Um, divine offer. Um you reconcile, uh, recognize that what Father God did with Jesus, who died for you, or as you, you died. And when he has risen from the dead, you rose in newness of life, just like he did. Or another easier way to see this is um, you called, you believed on the name and of the, of the Lord, and you identified yourself with him. Um Next would be the, Courtney um, touched on it, uh, the acceptance, which is the agreement to the offer. This is where you must agree by making the decision to call or believe. It is to believe that Christ has has died for you and resurrected. And now you identify with him in both parts. That's the death and the resurrection. And then after that would be, comes the divine offer or the divine consideration, which is the exchanges of promises uh, where you said yes to God and God grants you salvation if you believe in the name, which is, again, identification with Christ. And then um, that's where baptism takes place. And then last but not least is the uh, divine, divinely acknowledged covenantal identity. This is the most important part, guys, where God is father and you are son or daughter. You now embrace your identity as a child of God. You uh, in identification with Jesus and all the promises God gave now belongs to you. You move with the promises and he moves with you and then signs and wonders follow those who identify themselves with jesus anything else you want to add to that courtney absolutely um i think the best way also another way to understand the new covenant is first to have an idea of what was included in the old covenant um and in the old covenant for those of you who may not remember you had to be circumcised on the eighth day. So all mm-hmm. little, all males were circumcised on the eighth day. If you were a convert, no matter how old you were, you then had to be physically circumcised. Why this was important was because they were in slavery. And so men had also fallen. That's two reasons. And so because they had a fallen spirit and they were in slavery, they functioned from a dust perspective. And so what they had to do when they came into the covenant was also take on a new mindset. 
Uh-huh. And so the circumcision represented them cutting off that serpent dust perspective and taking on the Torah, which was their manual, like the Bible is our manual. The Torah was their manual that they had to memorize. And you can see that in Exodus, Exodus 2. So I definitely would go back and read Exodus. And so for them to get their foreskin cut off was equivalent to them signing a contract. Just like when you go buy a new car, you get an apartment, you sign a contract and they are now um, responsible for it. So once they were circumcised, even though they were Mm -hmm. eight days old, and even though, or they were converts of any age, they could not come into the contract without committing to um, the circumcision, which represented them, them cutting off that old logic. And they would do that, of course, by memorizing. So that was yeah. the first thing that they had to do in the Old Covenant. And then the Talmud shows that they also had to go through a baptism, a, a baptism mm-hmm. or ceremonial washing. And they did this in a pool or they did it in a river. Usually it was in a mikvah, which is if you Google it, it's M-I-K-V-A-H. And so a mikvah was supposed to be what was comparable to the womb of a mother. And so the mikvah always had to be moving water because it represented living water. And so like mm-hmm. you saw John baptize people and he usually did it, I believe, in like the Jordan River. I'm not really sure if I'm quoting that right. Somebody look that up for me, please. <laughs> and so essentially you were going into the womb and you were leaving your former identity and you were re-emerging and you were going to use Moses as your model as how to walk out God's name. So you are no longer identified by your former identity. So no matter what tribe you were in prior to converting into Judaism, Mm. you now disengaged from that and you now took on a new identity, which was um, Moses as your model and the name um, as your new name. And so that means that everybody who followed the Torah was now your new family. So this is why, like, even if you think about the Pharisees, they were said they were disciples of Moses, but they were corrupt. So they really weren't walking in the name. Mm-hmm. But this is also why you weren't supposed to take the Lord's name in vain. We think it's because you're not supposed to be saying like, oh, God, like that's. But really walking in the name means I'm functioning from the throne or the logic of God. So how am I going to steal or mistreat you and still say I'm functioning in his identity. So when I'm walking in the name, I'm doing only what the name will do. So in the old covenant, one, you had to be circumcised either on the eighth day of your birth, from your birth, or when you came in and then you had to be ceremonially clean, cleansed um, in a river or a mikvah. And then you also had to memorize all 613 commandments of the Torah so that you could renew your mind or change your mindset because they had fallen perspective and all that. So in the new new covenant, the Bible says that we confess with our mouth and believe that God raised um, him from the dead. And so hopefully you also understand that Paul says that we also died and were raised with him. So that means we were resurrected because we are, we are resurrected as the race of Christ and the Mm -hmm. old covenant they were working with a fallen, corrupted spirit, and their spirit was not validated. Mm-hmm. We are not so, because when Jesus was on the cross, he breathed out the old breath, which means he breathed out the old identity that Adam had taken on when he shifted his perspective from his spirit to the serpent. 
And so on the cross, he breathed out the old identity. So there, that means that we don't have to be physically circumcised because our new breath is perfect. Our spirit is already circumcised. There's nothing wrong with it. And so now, as you were saying, we acknowledge Jesus is in, is in us. So we, number one, we believe that he raised him from the dead. We have now acknowledged that he's living in us. And so that means that we, like the people in the Old Testament, are taking on the name. But now we are taking on the name of the Lord Jesus as our title. And so that means that if we're taking on the Jesus as a title, that means we're also taking Jesus' history on. We're taking on the history of that title and all the components of that title. So so is he, so are we. Sure. That's right. Right. So who? So that's why we're called a holy nation. We are a type. We are a uh, a peculiar people. We are a set apart mm -hmm. people. We're different from everyone else. Even mm -hmm. though Jesus restored the spirit and all, they they may they may not come into the contract. So this is our contract. And so next, you find that we are baptized. And remember, in the old covenant, they had circumcision. That was their signature. In the right. new covenant, our signature is actually our baptized, our baptism. And that is when we agree to take on Yeshua's history. So if we're taking on his mm -hmm. history, we're not going in the <clears throat> womb. The baptism now represents us going into the grave. And when we go down into the water, that is where we leave our old identities in the grave. So all of the labels that you give yourself, they go into the grave. And I'm just going to say it Every outrightly. Every single one. If you identify by a certain race, that's a label. It goes into the grave. If you identify bye bye. by a certain political affiliation, it goes into the grave. All of it goes into the grave and you resurrect only as a priest. That is your only, you only function from titles that Christ functioned from. You don't function right. from any other title. And so Jesus, like I said, he breathed out the old identity. And so when you rise, you take on Jesus's name as your own. And just like they use Moses as a model, we use Jesus as a model. Mm -hmm. And so next, we also know that, was it Paul who said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Yep. We have to go through mind renewal. They went through the Torah. They had to memorize 613 commandments. When we cut off um, all the dust logic, that's why we have to renew our mind. We are saying, I'm no longer human. And I'm no longer functioning like Adam. Adam came, became human after he fell. In the garden, he was Elohim, he and his wife. And so now we take on the promises as our new paradigm, whereas they took on the Torah in the old covenant. And so what is so awesome about this is if you begin to function from these things, that means that you are literally functioning from the spirit and darkness will be driven out of your life because now what you're reproducing is after your own kind, which is a spiritual law, which is why um, producing after your own kind is why Adam was in the garden, supposed to reproduce other gods, but he mm -hmm. didn't. He went to the desert. He left um, the garden and he produced humans who had his logic after his own kind. And so right, right. now that we're in the covenant, we're set apart, we're holy. And so mm -hmm. when Jesus brought us out of sin, we came into a new contract as priests. So now we execute God's judgment, which are called promises in creation. Mm -hmm. And so I think I just want to like say them again. Confess with your mouth that you uh, 
um, were resurrected. And essentially you want to embrace your, the name is your new identity and you're going to abandon mm-hmm. your human identity. You're going to embrace the new logic, renew your mind and abandon the victim like logic. You're mm-hmm. going to take on his history and all the lustrous things that the Holy Spirit has done is now your history. And you're going to take that on as your new perspective. And so we come into that by renewing our mind. And you know what's so funny? I think about what would my life, my life have been like if I had abandoned all of my old identity long ago and recognized that the baptism was the signature to do away with my old identity. And now I function solely as Christ. I just think that's so profound. I would probably, but <laughs> it's a good thing that we we go through these journeys, right? To mm-hmm. get to where we are now to understand, wow, God, you, and we can look back now and say, wow, God, you were with me. Even mm-hmm. when I my mind didn't understand and I was going through all these things, but I'm so happy that I, I got to understand more that I can renew my mind according to your promises now. Mm-hmm. We found Jesus and now we can function fully in the contract because we can function fully from his logic, understanding that we are sitting on the throne with Jesus who is sitting on the throne with the father. They're not separate thrones because that means we're coming with separate judgments, logics, perspectives. We're all bringing it in as one. And in this covenant, we are, as soon as you go through this process, I just said, the confession of your mouth, the baptism, which is your signature, you are a priest immediately. And so then your responsibility is to heal the sick, raise the dead. Why? Because if you go back what the objective was and why God put Adam and Eve in the garden, it was because they were supposed to create a nation of Elohim. And that as priests is what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to inspire people by helping them when they're um, when they're dealing with something in their bodies. We heal them. We prophesy. We do all these great things so that we can inspire them to want to come into the contract. We don't preach them to damnation. We but we draw them by loving kindness and loving kindness is us functioning in those particular capacities. That's why signs and wonders are supposed to follow us so that we can inspire people to come to Christ. So true. And remember guys, you are sealed. Mm -hmm. Like when he says sealed with the Holy ghost, that is you, your spirit, the breath that you are breathing. And when you function from that, uh, as Jesus is, so are you, you know, um, you can teach, you start teaching others, you could do the same. It just becomes an amazing life to live in. And when we come into a contract, you have to pay your car payments. <laughs> That's a contract. <laughs> so you adjust your life so that you fulfill the contract. It's something you apply immediately. You can't sign your car payment and go, oh, I'll pay you guys in four to five months. That's not what your contract says. It says that each month on the 15th, you're going to send them $300. Like that's how you fulfill it. You adjust your life. You set aside the $300. And so now there are parts of the contract that we are required to execute. And so if we decide to 
execute them, we can begin to see change in our life very quickly. And taking on the mindset and the logic of God will shift your life completely. Okay. So we have to adjust our life to fulfill the contract. And so every agreement that you've ever made, like if you say, like even you and your husband, there's agreements between you when you became husband and wife, you agreed on certain things and you changed your life to fulfill it. And so when we are high priests, we do have our responsibilities. God has responsibilities. We walk out um, Holy Spirit. We express him in our bodies as Holy Spirit. And we have to also know in the contract that God is always endorsing his spirit. I just feel like that was a drop, a mic drop. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should post that. God is always endorsing his spirit. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he does not ever stop. Your His spirit is never invalidated. And if you have now taken on the identity as his spirit, who is mm-hmm. only expressed in whatever body clay you're in right now, you are always endorsed. You can always uh, function in the name. Be a good cheer, guys. Be a good cheer. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So when we, um, hopefully you'll leave some comments and let us know if you watch this or listen to this later or, you know, let us know your thoughts. Share with us. We would love to hear that. Yeah, definitely. So guys, um, we're going to move into our last segment which we call is uh, empowerment. And this is where we either prophesy or give you encouragement for your day today. As you go, whether you're working, um, getting up this morning and listening to us, (laughs) we want (laughs) to give you some joy, light and love in your, your life as you go about your day today. And be blessed. Do you have anything, Courtney? I do. Um, I actually see um, there's uh, a few people listening right now and you're you're in the water. You're like swimming in the ocean right now. And there's people on the shore who are trying to call you back to something that you aren't really interested in going back into. And you are going down deep in the water. You're um, trying different things in the water. And um, it's a lot of peace and refreshing, but there's also a little bit of fear because you're like, oh my God, I'm out pretty deep in this water and I'm out pretty far away from the shore. And um, I see the sun shining on you and I want you to know that you're fully protected as you're exploring and um, discovering uh, who God is in these waters and uh, what he has for you in these waters and who you are in these waters. So be encouraged. So for my, uh, for me, um, I feel like someone's watching time. And sometimes when you watch this time, it, it, it feels like there's no time for this. There's no time. And there's a rushing feeling uh, throughout your day or throughout your week. And it feels like you never get things done. You're always tilling the ground. You're always, um, there's too much. But... I just want to declare over you there's there is time Mm -hmm. there is peace now that you can take a hold of right now as you know that it's okay whether you get things done in in the moment or uh, a day from now it doesn't it doesn't matter take the take a slowing time 
to just do one thing today and feel that when you do that one thing today, that know that you have accomplished it without rushing, without um, being, um, I don't know, that having that rushing feeling that you can't get anything done. Just pick one thing today and then know that was that one thing, Father, and you wanted to work on today and be, mm. be glad in it. So I just want to bless that person out there that, that felt like there's no time, that it's, it's okay. You can rest now mm. and just be at peace in what you do. And to add so, to that priest, never mm. scurry. Mm. Priests remain in the name. So they remain in peace. And when you're scurrying around and scurrying about, you are no longer in peace You've stepped outside of the name because now you're using the clock or the agenda or whatever as your new reference point, which means that's the logic that you're functioning from. So you've now made that your father. And so we want to go back to the father who was Yahweh Elohim, the self-existed one. And so a priest manages their responsibilities. So you set a time for that and then you see your whole day as a priest. So you go from whatever activity to the other activity as a priest. You go in peace. You go with all the fruit of the spirit. If, there, if the fruit of the spirit is not present, you've stepped outside of um, how Holy Spirit would like you to remain, which is in his name, which is in peace. Mm -hmm. So um, you just have to manage it and breathe. Breathe. <laughs> breathe the breath of life. Take a few of those breaths. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Did you have any other words? Um, that's what I seen today. So, um, I really we release our words over you guys today, and just be satisfied in it. It's, it's good. I just I also want to reiterate what you just said because I feel like that what you just spoke about is kind of heavy, where there is someone who's toiling, and just to reiterate, um. Take a few breaths and bring yourself back into the name and just manage over because Elohim means authority and power, which means that you are one who uh, manages things. That's how mm -hmm. you function in authority power is by managing it and seeing what is needed for this to function in functionality <laughs> and not in dysfunction yeah. and then making decisions to carry that out. So just want to add That's that. Okay. It's a little teachable teach because <laughs> uh, we pray for you um but i think that's it anything else other than we love you all for listening and we love yes. you and thank you for listening <laughs> and thank you guys for putting your comments and saying um that you visited the page especially on facebook mm -hmm. um so that we can comment back and thank you for watching or listening <laughs> and you also can go to our website which is the international institute of pneumatology.com and if you mm -hmm. put forward slash meet courtney you'll find my page or forward slash meet tanya and so we want to just say may the lord bless you keep you shine his face upon you mm -hmm. thank you for listening today we covered new covenant please share this one with others if um you go to our youtube you can actually share this video join um anointed life mindset mentors on facebook and have a beautiful day Blessings, everybody. Blessings and love.